Welcome to Who's to Blame, the podcast. I'm your host, Dre Montez, and we're being brought to you by The Weed Squad St. Louis. Check out their website. Go to theweedsquad.com. Stop by the store at 8088 Watson Road. Taking care of your medicinal needs, and they can also lead you the way in Missouri to help you get your medicinal medical card. So please stop on by. Also being brought to you by NextCore. Powered by NextCore, this is my NextCore. Go to thenextcore.com for your virtual tour today to take a peek at your next home office, the next co-working space. Check it on out. It's Fist Pump Friday, Fired Up Friday, Fireball Friday, Friendly Friday, and Fried Chicken Friday some damn where across the planet. Somebody eating some fried chicken today. And what a week it's been. I am still on cloud nine. Is it okay to celebrate with you guys? Is it okay to be in a good mood about the world of sports? And the reason why, I think we're getting closer to figuring this thing out on watching one of the four major sports on a consistent basis. We're getting real close. Major League Baseball is still trying to figure out the money situation. We're getting a little backlash on some of the players that are really looking at the telescope, microscope version of the whole coronavirus 19. But for as we're seeing right now, the NBA, Major League Soccer are doing their thing. In Disney World, here we come. We're figuring that part out. Football, we're all getting excited about the what if, what could be, and the anticipation of that and collegiate football as well. But for right now, I'm going to be happy with my NASCAR victory on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm still celebrating that. My man, Martin Truist Jr., we took home Martinsville. First victory of this NASCAR season. Way to go, Joe Gibbs Racing. Fitting enough, earlier in the week, NASCAR made a statement, hashtag Bubba Wallace, as far as it comes to the treatment and the presentation of the Confederate flag in and around NASCAR. They made their statements on that. Bubba Wallace at the blackout car with the Black Lives Matter logo. The way NASCAR so far has taken action and stepped forwards and speaking out about this whole thing, I, I'm, I'm paying attention and, I, and I'm reading. I've been following NASCAR for quite some time. I want to say since 1980, my first driver that I really, really gave love to and passion was Leadfoot, a.k.a. Rusty Wallace. And I had the pleasure of meeting him when I first moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina. And then I met some of the members of the Wallace family throughout my NASCAR following career. Had a chance to go to several races, meet some of the drivers. And my dumbass turned down a driving opportunity to drive one of the 18 wheelers for one of the NASCAR teams. Hey, softball was important then. But congratulations again to my team. And I think a lot of things are on people's mind this week in the world of sports. If you're a collegiate fan, if you're a Reggie Bush fan, how do you feel right now? How do you feel about the whole Reggie Bush situation? They banned this man. Most people call it the, one of the most impressive collegiate single performances ever by one player in one season. That being Reggie Bush, 2005. USC was doing something incredible. They were back on the planet, back on the map. People were looking at the school on the left coast, really paying attention. But along all that was going on behind the scenes, 
ugly investigation brought out some crazy accusations against Reggie Bush, his family, the agent, the whole setup. There's been multiple sports programs. There's been multiple articles written about this. It is 2020. I understand, parents, that the kid is playing a sport, but you still have to be a parent. It needs to be some policing done when it comes to people coming after your child for a monetary gain in the pursuit and the process of turning pro. There's certain responsibilities on the kid, the institution, as well as the parents. Everybody needs to be on the same page. Communication needs to be open. Hey, if you don't understand what's going on, Google it. Reach out to someone for some help. Don't try to go down the road that you've never been down before. If no one in your family has ever been past the sixth grade, if nobody in your family has ever played sports other than Pop Warner, and now people are knocking on your door, calling your home, coming to your job, they're finding you, trying to find out more about your child because they deem your child as being a special commodity for the sports world. And if it's not done right, it can blow up. It can be disastrous. It can turn into a 30 for 30 of a child we never heard of due to conduct that was detrimental to the team, brought on by the family, the agent, the school, everyone involved. Because there's a lot of money out there being passed around and people trying to get their hands on it. So the whole Reggie Bush thing now, USC has said, hey, 10 years is up. Come on back home. The ban is lifted. Crazy thing, Reggie Bush picked up a job with ESPN. And last year, he had to get permission from the school to come on the grounds to do his job. And what did Reggie Bush do in the dean, in the eyes of the NCAA that nobody else has done? No agent has done. No school has done. The O'Bannon boys tried to fight this. When people are profiting off of your likeness or your talent, it is wrong. It is time to put up and shut up NCAA. Now they're saying, what about the Heisman Trophy? Well, I tell you what, if he can get the Heisman Trophy back from Vince Young, okay. I'm with Bahami Jones on this one. I'm a huge Florida football gator fanatic. But when it comes to 2005, it, you can't help but think of Reggie Bush. You can't help but think of Vince Young. You can't help but think of the USC-Tennessee-Texas game. The USC-Texas game. Come on now. Poise. Ease. What a year. What a game. Hands down. Hey, they let him back in. This whole Heisman Trophy thing, get you another one, mate. How about that one? There's been a whole lot of them out there lost, stolen, sold. So we're going to get you one, Reggie. You can get you one. And on this whole level here, NCAA, since you guys feel like Abe Lincoln and shit, are we going to talk about the Fab Five in Michigan? Are we going to talk about that? How many times have you been watching a sporting event and they bring out a group of people to thank them for a year and you're all looking around at each other like, who the hell are these guys? What happened? That's what's going to happen with the Fab Five. five. When Michigan and NCAA allowed these athletes to come back to the school and university for their due diligence and recognition for what they did and put up with for that school, it's going to be too damn late. We're, gonna, we're not going to know who these people are. They're going to be in wheelchairs and walkers, and their kids are going to be accepting the honor on their behalf. I don't want that. Michigan, 
step up to the play, up to the table. NCAA, make the call. It's 2020. It's time. Bring the Fab Five home. How about that? You got my money on that. How about that? And since we're on the same level of helping people out, how about we get to Colin Kaepernick, Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, Craig Hodges. Something unique happened to all these guys. Something very unique and different happened. Was it the wrong time? Was it the wrong situation? But as we're looking back on everything now, as we've been told to do, take a look at different things. The Craig Hodges thing within, with NBA and the Chicago Bulls and the White House could have been handled differently. Chris Jackson whole transformation from the collegiate level to the NBA, the national anthem, that could be handled much differently. We've already seen the rebuttal about Colin Kaepernick on what should be done now. So on Colin Kaepernick, what I did, I went to Twitter. I went straight to Twitter. And I posed a question to him. What do you want to do? If you had the choice, do you want to get a fair shot at a workout? Do you even want to play football? What do you want to do, Colin Kaepernick? Don't you hate when other people are trying to tell you what to do? But nobody ever goes to the child, to the source, and find out what do they really want. Like in the movie, He Got Game. Nobody ever went to Jesus Shuttleworth and said, what do you want? But his daddy, Denzel, he's the only one that went to him and said, everybody, everybody else is trying to get the money off him. Son, what do you want to do? Colin Kaepernick, what do you want to do? That right there would be something that would really be an eye-opener if he could come out and talk about what he would like to do now that everyone is apologizing about the downfall of Colin Kaepernick, the blackball of Colin Kaepernick, the misunderstanding of Colin Kaepernick, that disastrous workout opportunity last year in Atlanta. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's come out with a proper agenda that can satisfy both sides. The NFL wannabes of the powers that run it, the coaches and GMs, and the league itself. And let's get Colin Kaepernick. Hell, get Jay-Z in here too, because he got a job for a reason. I want him to use the title. And let's figure out what needs to be done. Because I would hate to do all this, give Cap the shot, I'm down with Cap, and then he comes out and says, you know what, I don't want to play no more. Well, what the hell? Come on now and tell us then, Kaepernick. How about that? If it's your first time listening, thank you so much. There are many ways to listen to the show. Several social media platforms that we're affiliated with. On Facebook, we have a page, Who's to Blame? Instagram, Who's to Blame? The Podcast. Twitter, at W2B, Dre Montez. On the podcasting platforms, we're on Anchor and SoundCloud, respectively. But you can also get us on Spotify as well and Google Play and Tumblr. We're getting out there. And you can don't forget to visit who's to blame.com. Get caught up on the latest episodes as well. Find a little bit more about myself. And you can make a donation to the show, which would be greatly appreciated. Or you can grab yourself some swag. So go to who's to blame.com. Lots of things got me excited. The thought that baseball is getting close 
to figuring out when we can watch them play for real. But until then, they gave us the Major League Baseball draft. And it was different this year. As opposed to the 40 rounds, it was five. And it was a different presentation, the virtual reality. It was supposed to have been at Omaha, 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 home of the College World Series. The way it was captured through ESPN and Major League Baseball Network, I have to say it was pure delightful to hear the stories, how the the appropriate stats were brought up that was relevant to the kids in the situation. Carl Ravage, my man, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Eduardo Perez, my man. These dudes were bringing it. They were bringing some stuff that... If you follow baseball, you understood. If it was your first time even watching the Major League Baseball draft, they still made it entertaining. The content, Jessica Mendoza, oh, my God. There was a couple of players that were drafted I have questions about out there. You know, if you're 18 years old and you got drafted in Major League Baseball draft and they say this here, this young man doesn't play video games. He doesn't get on social media. He doesn't hang out a whole lot. Those three things right there, I'm worried about this kid. He, he That is the early ingredients of a Steven Strasburg, which is nothing bad, but they want you now to be sociable and hang out with your teammates. They don't want you to be a shut-in athlete anymore. Yeah, they want you to have Major League Baseball on your mind all the time, but I don't think they want you coming into the pros and you've never played video games or don't play video games. I'm worried about the young man. But the draft itself, I liked it. Getting to know these kids and their families and their, and, and, and their crew. I like how everybody bought their crew, the high school kids that were taken in the draft. Because what was the first time in 56 years that the collegiate athletes dominated the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. That says a lot. That says a lot. And then as well with the commentating that went on with the draft, They were interviewing past and current baseball players, giving them draft questions, taking it back to yesteryear. What did you learn about this? What's the pressure like? What what was the family moment? What was the discussion then? I know it's all about you, your day, but I like how they were still implementing what their parents told them or their coach told them. I was loving those stories. And more importantly, the bio on the picks. The slow motion camera. And if you play baseball and you're a baseball coach, they gave you key notes on what the scouts are looking for. If you're in a certain region of the United States, they were telling you what to do, what not to do. If you're not on the radar, if you don't travel that much, if you're from the northwest region of the country on what their particular player is judged on coming from that region. They were giving you all kind of notes, man. It was beautiful. The most important thing I got of it at all, beyond the heavy swing, the hand grip, the hand and eye coordination, the baseball IQ, the best one I heard was the head does not move. If you do not move your head, you can go a long way in baseball. The scouts pay attention to everything that you do. There were about, what, eight kids 
that had high marks on their base running technique. Not good speed, but base running technique because they time you going from home to home or first to home. Some of the studies that they were putting up different numbers. And there's a big difference in that big shift in the numbers and all that. But the analytics were on point with all the players that they picked up. But it was just something. It was cool. It was the first time I've watched the draft in its entirety. And I was on Twitter more with this one than I do, but I was with the NFL draft. I was really on point with all the things that they were saying. I mean, the, the first pick of the draft, Spencer Torkerson, the first baseman. Oh, my God. This dude, <laughs> this dude was something else. I mean, the power, the way that ball sound coming off his bat. I mean, everybody was talking about this kid. I heard a lot about him and that Austin Martin kid. Other than that, this young man was like across the board, hands down. (laughs) Just incredible. I'm like, and then the fact that the way my St. Louis Cardinals really attacked this thing, Considering in the world of sports what the conversation is, what the narrative is right now, knowing Cardinal baseball, what we get knocked on, what we talk about in every barbershop that I used to go to and hear sports stories, what we talk about in the man cave, what a majority of African-American baseball fans talk about. Where's the black baseball player? Well, I tell you what, they showed up in this draft. They showed up. And the high select ball they were playing, the baseball IQ, the parents' background, not all African-American athletes' parents played baseball or were in the pros. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset type of thing. It really is. And I love how they pointed that out, not just on African-American kids, but on all of the draftees and their parents and their background. Not a lot of them shared the same similarities. But here's the one thing I can tell you about baseball players. They are the most skilled athletes on the planet. Baseball players can play any sport. Football players can't. Hockey players can't. Soccer players can't. They can't. They can't do what baseball players can do. There were so many guys that were two and three sport athletes well at it. I think like five of these kids could go to basketball easily, easily. And speaking with baseball. I would no longer look at Duke as a basketball team anymore. What I heard about Duke and the expectations of Duke baseball. Yes, I said Duke baseball. Dorm, North Carolina, home of Coach K. That same school. The projectile wins and expectations of Duke baseball over the next four to six years is insane. Bye-bye, Vandy. Bye-bye, LSU. Bye-bye, who else we got out there? Wichita State. What Duke is expected to do over the next four years, it blew my damn mind. Maybe I need to start paying attention to ACC baseball a bit more. But based on the conversation that was going on on Wednesday during the Major League Baseball draft, as well as Thursday, Duke baseball, is the place to be at. And also 
the Cape is like one of the best leagues to go to for the summer league to get your shit together, to find out if you're really smelling yourself or not. You need to go play in this league in the Cape. If I still had my vision and was still able to drive legally, I would love to travel and catch some of these baseball places that they pointed out where these high school kids played at and travel to. I would love to check out some of these travel leagues. I've, I've done my share of high school baseball. I've done some middle ground tournaments, never a high school tournament. But based on what I heard, I want to check some of these tournaments out, man. There it is. Support to the sponsors and shout out in downtown St. Louis, CJ the Barbecue Man. You can get his barbecue sauce or dry rubs at your local grocer or store or down at patios whenever they're open. Game six honky-tonk joint. Check out the new hours and the music selection as well and that food. BB's Jazz Blues and Soups as well. Electric Cab in North America, ECAP. Ballpark Shuttle SDL. STL. Historic Sular, Allstate Insurance, Jim and Julie Price. Great Grizzly Bear. What up, JJ? Oh, my goodness. What is going on here? Night Street Deli at Howard's. Hammerstones as well. And the Wood Shack, all located right there in historic Soulard, right there for you good folks. It's getting close, though. Soulard about to get its groove back, just like Stella did back in the day. <laughs> but impressive, man. But the baseball draft, I like what I saw. I like what A-Rod said. A-Rod put out some very, very good notes. He said, you have to put in the mindset when you're a first-round pick that you're about to play 232 games in 200 days. You have to put that in your mind. And once you get past that, then it is set a win. And Ben McDonald. He was the number one pick with the Baltimore Orioles. And he said he pointed out something very, very truthful, that his coach called his pitches. You know, he knew he was a good pitcher, but he had never had he had never known when to throw the pitch to the appropriate batter. They teach you that as you move up. So Cal Ripken and another player, without anybody knowing it, kind of helped Ben McDonald through his first few years in his major league career on understanding the art and the craft of knowing what you have as far as your pitching mechanics. It's a great story. I think Ben McDonald has something on his hands to share with the people, by the people, and of the people. And as I said, the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm very proud of you. I really am. Shout out to the sponsors in Bell Vegas as well. R&R Services. Poor 322, located at 322 East Main. Seven Bar and Seven Sushi Bar, The Office Lounge, Tavern on Main, Margaritas on Main, The Lincoln Movie Theater, CNC Food for Your Soul, located at 1926 West Main, and SIP, Southern Illinois Independent Placement. So I hashtag all the sponsors. So when you see that on the social media feeds, just hit the hashtags and take you right to the appropriate sponsor page that you're looking for, or you can visit who's to blame.com. There's direct links right there for you as well. And for all my workout people, I got something for you. Physique Fitness over in St. Louis, over for Arsenal. Check them out 
on social media may have some in-home workouts for you and your loved one right there going for you. So again, congratulations on the draft. Congratulations, Reggie Bush. And think about this Fab Five thing. I'm not done with it. I'm not, I'm not done with this whole Fab Five. There's still evidence out there on what's going on. There's still evidence. Speaking of evidence, quick movie review. It just came out, Inside Game. It's the story of Tim Donahue, the NBA ref of the gambling and all that. Hey, just check it out. And you let me know what you think about this and the way it was portrayed. Considering now the NBA allows gambling legally, did that have anything to do with it? And the fact he went to prison for 15 months, sued a woman, and was awarded $1.39 million. So the man came out a millionaire. Who's to blame? There's a whole lot there that needs to be said about that on that level. But hey, that's what happened. That's the cost of gambling. There's always going to be a loser. But the way he did it, he said he still never made a bad call. Who's to blame on that? Is there proof in the pudding? You tell me. I guess we will understand these things one day at a time, as I'm trying to understand why the baseball negotiations have not gone the way I think they should go. But as I proposed a week ago, kids, let's make this season for Major League Baseball only 50 games. Only 50 games. I don't want nobody to get hurt, and I don't want to take away from the actual game itself. Let's get in what we can get in, let everybody make some money. But as I was told here in St. Louis, Baseball is not a profitable sport. I call bullshit on that one. <laughs> you spending your money wrong. You living beyond your means. In the words of my great-grandpappy, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Gather yourselves accordingly. Hug one another and say something different or out of the ordinary to the next time you see a dog or a stray cat. Don't say, what up, dog? Don't say, what up, cat? But get impressive with it. Enjoy the rest of your day. It is Fist Pump Friday, and thanks for listening.